welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to this edition of the Built on Air podcast, season 11, episode 12. Good to be back with you this Tuesday morning. Myself, Dan Fellers, and Camille are hosting today. Welcome, Camille. Hello. Good to have you as always. Ali couldn't make it today. Um, and we will start having more guests. Uh, I believe next week we have a guest coming on. So we always love to have guests. But if you are watching and you are doing anything in Airtable, we'd love to have you come on the show and show us. So please reach out. We'd love to have guests on the show. But I will walk you through what we're going to be talking about today. As always, it's a one hour show where we go through different segments. We always start with our round the bases to keep you up to date with what's going on on Airtable and the different communities. Then a quick shout out to OntoAir, our primary sponsor. Then Camille's going to walk through some scripting and show us how to work with um, select options for single select and I think also multi-select. Then I'm going to go into the marketplace and showcase uh, an app in the marketplace for send SMS easily. And then a quick shout out to how to join our community. And then finally, I will go through an extension to working with SMS and text messages and, and how to automate that um, using this app. So with that, around the bases with what's going on in the Airtable community, it was a little, it was pretty quiet this week. So not a whole lot of activity. Um, I'll start with Airtable's community of what's going on. Again, it was it was pretty quiet. Um, as we mentioned last time, activity in their community has definitely dwindled off quite a bit, um, which is sad to see. But a couple of things worth worth highlighting just briefly. It looks like there's a, a new app from Gavin at CSV Getter or a new update to his app. So if you're dealing with um, data collection or, or making your data available via an API. You can check out uh, CSV Getter from Gavin. Uh, one thing I noticed was this new forms, and maybe the old ones had issues with this and, and they were just better at detecting, but we're getting some spam coming in to the new forms. So this We Love mm -hmm. Flutter um, is starting to spam with links to products that are not related to Airtable. So hopefully those get cleaned up and hopefully this doesn't become, I don't remember this being an issue with the old system. There were like once every six months, someone would come on and have a, a, what looked like a, perhaps a genuine question, but about something completely unrelated to Airtable, but it, nothing to the degree of, oh, I think this is spam. It was always like, I think they're just on the wrong forum. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't recall either this being an issue. Yeah, so so we'll see if they are able to kind of clean that up, but hopefully it doesn't take over. Um, but yeah, not a lot going on. There is uh, January 26th, an AMA, so for developers, and, and if you're working with the API, um, January 26th, apparently this doesn't know to take things off that are past due. 
So this networking event is already over. Um, but yeah, so keeping up to date with what's going on. But yeah, it's been pretty, pretty quiet on the Airtable front. So um, nothing, nothing new. But there have been updates, but they, they aren't updating them here. So you need to join the Built on Air community. We have amazing people in the community that are always good at spotting new features that come out that don't uh, get the press release from, from Airtable. So here's one of them from Ben uh, Bailey in the, Air, in the Built on Air community. Um, apparently they changed, or at least I don't remember seeing this before, but now there's different sections within the comments. Yeah, so before it was intermixed revision history and comments, and now um, you can separate it out, which I really like as a feature. Um, sometimes I just want to look at the comments, but especially in um, consulting, when you're testing new uh, operations like scripting and, and whatnot, you're constantly making updates to a test record, but then my team would be making comments about, oh, it should do this, it should do that. And having to filter in between API has just added three, these three. It was not ideal. And I think this is a good uh, improvement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if you're comment heavy. Um, a lot of places don't rely too much on comments, but some people do definitely use the comments. So this is great to help Yeah, see the revisions. I usually look at the, the revision history. Um, so good, good, good catch by Ben noticing that great, great addition. Um, there's also another one uh, that Russell Bishop found. Um, and this may have been noticed uh, maybe a little bit longer, but they're, they finally like added this mark all is red for the notifications. And he's highlighting that he finally has a clean notifications table or listing. I have been using Airtable at least since 2018, possibly 2017, and there are so many notifications. I think I had hundreds that were unread, but I, I knew of anything from I've been added to a collaborator field to an automation field and stuff dating back quite literally five years, and I can finally clear them away. It's such a simple thing, but I also very much appreciate this addition. Yeah, yeah. These are nice little uh, additions. Aren't huge features, but definitely help just improve the the experience. So good to good to see that they're spending some time on just you know the rough around the edges parts of Airtable. So that's a nice nice new addition. And so yeah, you can actually see the unread ones versus the red ones, and then mark all as red. You can also mark red uh, notifications back as unread if you need to. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, last one. Uh, this was kind of a fun. Hannah from our team um, posted a thread in the in the uh, built on air community. Tell us three words an Airtable creator slash builder never wants to hear. And so there's some there's some good lists. Um, we had to work with Jen on counting to three. She liked to go over, but she did update hers to keep them within three. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see any from Camille. What's your three letter word you don't want to hear or three words? I just, I remember looking at this and Kavan had a good one um, and it sort of took effectively what I was going to say. Um, unscheduled uh, service interruption. Yeah. That's, right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then this one that is far too common, refresh the page. <laughs> I think someone else said, uh, I deleted it, which is not not often good either. Um, right. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I got to go with that. Yeah. More cowbell from Bill French. <clears throat> Classic. That's two words. He's <laughs> cheating. That's right. Uh, hit air table limit. That's a good one. Yeah, it's not working. Need that tomorrow or today. Need that today, probably. So don't be mad. 
I deleted it. Mm -hmm. So there's some good ones, fun, fun little uh, way to spend a, a afternoon coming up with those. So um, yeah, that's kind of uh, what was going on. Twitter was, I checked Twitter. There's not a whole lot of activity talking about Airtable. So pretty, pretty quiet week. I think everybody catching up with the New Year's and and uh, delay from from the holidays. And so relatively quiet on the Airtable front. We'll see if that changes in the next couple of weeks or not. Oh, there was one I was trying to find. Uh, maybe, maybe it was sent out over an email. I thought it was a post from Airtable, but I couldn't find it talking about, um, the changes to attachments and it was no an longer, email. was it an email? Okay. Yeah. So they, they sent out another reminder email about the changes to attachments, which are now going to be expiring links, um, with a little bit more detail, which answered some of my questions and left some of my questions uh, still intact. Um, but yeah, I got the email and about 10 minutes later, a former client of mine uh, forwarded it back to me and said, is this gonna change any of the apps that you made, uh, which I made like two years ago. <laughs> and I don't think they will, but it, you know, it's, it's good practice to go back and double check if you've made any sort of scripting implementation or the custom extensions API just to double check and see if um, you believe that you would be affected by that practice. I had talked about in our earlier season how I had to switch up my methodology for my the way my website was constructed. I was pulling attachment links from Airtable. I now have to pull them from somewhere else because those links would be expiring. But I think we've all come to the conclusion if you use a consistently updating sync source, like if you have your website built out of Softer or Stacker or Glide or any of those, I believe you should be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what the email, so there was a way where you could opt out of the changes and kind of keep things how they were. And so there was talk of whether you'd always be able to opt out of that. I think some people in the community thought that maybe they would just keep it that way, but the email made it very clear that that's going away. So you won't be able to opt out. So that is going to be forced behavior in the coming weeks. So that might make people upset that had opted out and were relying on the old way and hoping that it continued. All right, let's move on. So Onto Air is our primary sponsor. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. You need to check it out at ontoair.com. Um, we did make some changes over the weekend. Um, we are kind of this year, we're focusing really on, on really pushing forward two of our applications in particular, our new form apps that I'm going to talk a little bit about, but also our backups. Those are really our core, um, applications. And so, um, we did remove access to some of our other apps. So we're streamlining this year to try to focus and really um, make those our primary focus. And so we, there is a backdoor way to get access to some of our other apps. Um, if you're existing using our, if you already are using our apps, those will continue and be supported. Um, but for new users coming on, um, you'll just see the backups and the forms as apps that you can utilize and, um, and yeah, so that's our focus going forward, at least for the for the time being. Um, but with the onto air forms, um, we're still in a private beta. We'll be we'll be coming out of private beta, going into a public beta here in the coming weeks. Um, one of the re main reasons for that is we really wanted to release with the ability to have conditional logic. And so what that means is if any field is updated and meets certain criteria, you can perform actions on other fields within your form. The most common being showing and hiding um, fields, but you can also do other things. So this logic, we're in final um, QA phases. Uh, we'll start rolling it out 
to select customers um, in the coming days and then to the rest in, in a week or so. But just to kind of give you a, a sneak peek at what that is within the conditional logic, there will just be a tab that has the logic and then you can create new logic and you specify conditions on the fields. Um, so you specify a field that, that you're listening for changes. And so if, for example, the email field, you want to hide certain fields if they haven't entered their email yet. So you say, if the email is empty, that is your condition. Then you want to set up the tasks that get performed um, based off of that condition. And so you can specify showing fields or hiding fields or making fields required or optional or displaying them as text versus being editable um, or disabling them. You can also update the actual value of a field um, or if it's a date field, set it to now or a, a checklist, a checkbox field, you could set to true or false. So the most common, you can show fields and then you specify which fields you wanna show based off of that condition. Um, so you specify these fields, maybe not email, but uh, those ones. And then it has this easy way to create the inverse, which basically means if the condition is not set, then what do you want to perform the opposite task, which is usually what you want to do. So you basically say if the condition of the email um, being empty is met, then I want to show these fields. If it's not met, then I want to hide those same fields. So you simply set that up. And then the last one, there's some optional advanced settings. You can specify that you only want this to run when you're creating a new record or when you're editing a record um, or when any of the fields are updated. And so these usually you don't have to touch and that's it. Then you hit done. And now you have this logic that's running each time you're, you're updating your form. So some cool stuff you can do. You can do conditional uh, setting of the values or the formulas, um, things of that nature. So some fun stuff that we're excited to get out there and, and see people using. So that is coming soon um, to our users of our new forms. All right, let's move on. We're going to do some segments. We're going to spend some time in the scripting world with Camille. If you want to share your screen. I sure do. About options, which are kind of tricky. So I'm going to do my best to explain uh, sort of an issue with um, working with select fields in scripting. So uh, as we know, in using Airtable's regular UI, um, if I look at this select fields options, I have five pretty standard select choices. If I don't see one I want, let's say I want a, just an option called seven, um, I'm allowed to create a new option um, as I'm typing and not having to do anything special. If you are connecting to Airtable through different API sources, or if you're using a custom app, there is a relatively simple um, option that can be enabled typically that lets you do a similar thing. If an option doesn't ex exist for a single select or a multi-select, you can simply add one as you're updating records. With the scripting environment using the scripting extension and I believe the um, automation scripts, it's not quite as straightforward. Um, there is the ability to update the single select or multi-select field with new um, choices, but it's not quite as smooth a process. So as I was thinking through this use case, which came through one of the uh, channels on the Built on Air uh, Slack community, a uh, friend of the show, I believe it was Jen, was uh, lamenting that it's not straightforward and it really isn't as i was thinking through what would you have to add to a script that is just trying to update or create records with a new select option that doesn't exist 
and it's a longer script than I thought it would be. So uh, just showing what we have in place now, which doesn't do anything uh, because I've disabled the create records uh, line. I'm pulling in uh, the single select field in question. You can see all five of the uh, current options. I didn't commit the adding the seven, so that's not there. And then I have some dummy data in here with some uh, new values I want to create as I'm creating new records. So I know in progress is already an option. I'm going to just start giving these unique values that don't quite exist in our base. So to talk through the methodology of the script, to get to what we're showing here, we're pulling in um, the table, in this case, table one, then we're pulling in the field. In this case, it's called select. And then I'm displaying what the current configuration of the select field is. And that's how I'm able to see the existing options. Then with that dummy data that I just edited, I'm pulling in, well, what are the values that I'm trying to pass? In this case, for the field select, I'm trying to pass a select option with the name of six, seven, and eight. These are gonna be three separate records. The process is gonna be very similar for multi-select fields. Um, the only real difference is how you um, edit the uh, create record or create records. Um, uh, and I call them payloads, uh, whether or not um, the select bit right here, if this were a multi-select field, this would be an array of objects versus a singular object. And that would be the only difference. There's also no difference between creating new records and updating new records. You could follow along for the exact same use case uh, if you wanted to edit records that already exist like this one. So now that we have the field and what their current uh, options are, we have the records that we're trying to add. And some of them have, in this case, all of them have uh, select options that don't exist. I believe if I were to uncomment this, we would get an error. We do. So the error that you get is can't create records invalid cell value for select. So it can't find an existing choice with the ID or name. And there's uh, not much pointing you into the right direction for how you would be able to enable that. But if you were to look at the Airtable scripting API, airtable.com slash developers slash scripting, and then go to the format for either single select or multi-select. In this case, it's the same. When you're writing options to edit the field itself, not the values of a particular record, but the configuration of the field, you're allowed to pass new select options. So looking back at my script, some things that I'm doing but I'm not currently displaying in that output I was showing before, I'm looking at what my existing options are. I'm just getting a list of names. Um, when you pull in options by default, it's going to give you the color of each select option, the unique ID of each select option, and the name. The color is not too useful for me. And the idea is definitely not useful because each one would be unique and um, there's no way to check if new values I'm passing are there with an ID because I don't know the ID yet. I want the name and that's what I'm doing here. Then what I want to do is look at for all of the values I'm passing, I could be updating several fields at once. I just want what I'm passing for the select field Again, I want the name, just a list of names, not objects. And then I'm getting them as a set. The reason why I want a set is in uh, JavaScript, arrays uh, can have duplicates where if I had two of these that said six, six would show up twice. With a set, it's very similar to arrays in, in a lot of different ways, except sets will cut out duplicates. Six would only have appeared once. So 
just to demonstrate, I will actually make that change where both of these are now six. You know what? I don't think I knew that. It's they're so useful. I think yeah. uh, good old master calendar. When I was uh, making that, I learned so much about <laughs> so, so many other um, not as uh, I guess beginner friendly uh, operations and uh, object types in JavaScript. So yeah. now I have a set. I have a unique list of the names of the values I'm trying to pass, and I have an array of the options that currently exist for that field. What I wanna do, and this is not going to be the most efficient way to do that. I just want everyone to know, I wanna talk through the process of what one could do to solve this problem. Um, I want to first check if there are payload options uh, in the first place. If there's none, then I don't want to do all of this checking. I'm not passing anything. It wouldn't matter. If there are, what I want to do, I want to turn this back into an array. So sets and arrays are very similar, but they don't, uh, they're not exactly the same. And so certain operations that you might do on an array, like push to add something to the end of an array, it's actually add with set. So the functions that you would perform are similar, but slightly different. I like to work with two arrays or two sets. So I'm turning this set back into array. And to do that, I'm gonna do the old fashioned new array and then I'm going to use spread notation to get my payload options back into an array. Um, then, again, not the most efficient way to do it. In fact, this is not the way I would recommend to do it, but I want to talk through the, the sort of methodology of what we're doing. What I want to do is loop through each of those options that I'm trying to pass and see if they exist in the current field options. If they exist, I don't have to change anything. If they don't exist, then I'm going to have to update that field before I try to pass the payload so that those values will be able to stick. So with my new array of options that I'm trying to pass, good old for each, for each option, I'm going to do simple, does this value exist? Exists equals, and I'm looking in my existing options array. So I want to do existing options includes doesn't like that. Why not? That should work. I don't know why yeah. it doesn't like that. Sometimes yeah, it just complains for no reason. So either the current option exists or it doesn't. If it doesn't exist, this will return false. Exist will equal false. If it does exist, then that variable will equal true. If it doesn't exist, I want to do if not exist, sure wish I could spell. If it doesn't exist, what I want to do, I should set up another array up here. So I'm going to create a new array called missing. So any option that doesn't exist currently that I'm trying to pass, I want to make sure that I get, uh, I want to add those. So if this option doesn't exist, I'm going to add it to missing. So missing, push, option. So after you've looped through each of the options that are um, in the list I'm trying to pass, if there's any that are missing, I need to update the field. Now, each field in Airtable uh, has different 
um, requirements for how you edit the um, options. But what you want to do is go to, um, I already have a variable set up for the field itself, table.getField. So down here, I want to say field.update options async. And then I'm looking at the API just to double check. What I want to do is get the choices. And then I want to pass an array. Now, I have options that are currently in the field. Um, I believe I had five, and I want to pass new ones. The default behavior for when you're doing this is it's going to take your array and try and make those the set of options. Um, if you don't pass options that already exist as part of your array, Airtable's not going to like it. There's actually a separate setting that you have to enable for this function for it to actually um, For instance, if I tried to pass an array here that didn't include these five, there's a separate setting I have to enable that says, hey, I didn't include these five, delete them as options. That's In this case, that's not what I want to do. Um, so what I want to do is, like I said, I want to pass the options that I currently have, and that is my existing options array. And then I want to pass my missing array, also spread. And one thing that I will change really quickly, when I'm passing the option into that array, I'm going to pass it in the format Airtable prefers, name, colon, option as an object. Uh, the reason I'm doing that is because, as I said previously, each of these select options has three properties, its ID, its color, and its name. So I'm just specifying the name is that option. Now I, I see a bug. That, that it needs to be a wait for async? Well, no. Oh, the, the what I do. Existing options is not the one that you want. That's just the names. Ooh, you're right. Okay. So I don't have a variable set up for, uh, for that, but I could just right. do this. Get the field, get the options, get the choices, and then it should be fine. Yep. Great catch. So hopefully that works. Real quick from the top, we have a table, we have a field. That field is called select. I have set up to look at what are the current options in that field? And then I have a set of values I'm trying to add, in this case, by creating new records. Uh, I have two of the value six, one of the value eight. I'm looking through what my current options are, and if those options don't exist, I'm trying to add them as options to the field before I update the table. Hopefully this works. I think it will. It did, yay. Nice. And hopefully that was clear. So you'll see six, six, and eight, but if I were to look in my options, I only have one value as six. Just so you know, if you don't pass a color option, um, it will always default to gray. Um, and then an ID will be generated at the creation of the select option. And hopefully that was clear. Um, Again, this is not in production. I wouldn't have written the script in exactly this way, but it is, for me at least, the easiest way to explain it as it's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that to say, you wonder if Airtable specifically didn't make it easy to where it just automatically populated new fields because, I don't know, maybe they were trying to like protect you from creating duplicates or misspelled options, maybe. I don't know what the reasoning 
I don't know either. It's the only, it's one of the few naturally occurring, if you will, uh, points of data validation in Airtable where you can define a list of selectable options and then say, you selected one that doesn't exist. We're not going to allow you to update um, your records. Yeah. Um, but if you're using Airtable like normal, if I go in here and say, you know, 20, that option doesn't exist and it'll let me do it pretty simply. So why isn't there a simpler workaround to create records async or update records async? It would be great if you could, you know, right now it only accepts one argument and array of potential updates. It'd be great if there was additional arguments you could pass that would say enable creation of missing field rec uh, field selects if you know if that's something that you wanted to do so you don't have to write you know something that is the equivalent of this before it yeah. especially if you have more than one select field now you could you know you could loop this so the structure of this um, would be the same for any type of select or I should say select or single select not including collaborator fields, which are a different, similar field type, but this doesn't quite work with that. No. But yeah, if you had more than five, it certainly would feel even more arduous than it feels now. Yeah. And now here's the kicker. This code will not work in an automation scripting step. Yeah, you can't. Um, <laughs> I believe it's the editing the options portion. It Correct. won't. Yeah. Everything else, you you know, you could put in error handling. So um, I like to use try and catch in in JavaScript. So I could wrap this in a try clause, and then if it gets stopped because a missing select option, you know, doesn't exist, you can have it do something else. Maybe mm -hmm. add it to a single line text field and then do some data cleanup later. Yeah. But that's certainly not ideal. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, I worked on a project that had to overcome that in an automation and it was just, we we figured it out. I know some people that just use the REST API in that, mm -hmm. in that use case and that seems crazy that you have to do that, but. <clears throat> yeah, so for the AMA, uh, is it next week where which the developers and yep yep next yeah. week maybe i'll maybe i'll pose that as a question yeah yeah close the gap because, <laughs> because you could do it somewhere else you right. know I, adding yeah. parity would make it yeah especially if the reasoning was to like help you avoid issues it's like people are just going to come up with these crazy workarounds anyways so just make it easy to do what everybody wants to do anyways yeah, because you don't want to do this. Yeah, <laughs> you you don't want to do this. This yeah. isn't this isn't what you want to do. Right, right. But in a script, it's not as bad what you did. In in an automation, it's crazy what you have to do to work around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that down the road. How do I you think we did. I think I think last season we had a segment on that. <clears throat> but um, cool. Well, thank you, Camille, sharing that. Everybody now knows to stay out of scripting automate or scripting with options. <laughs> so normally I'm the one like, oh, everyone should learn scripting. It's so much yeah. fun. You gain so many skills. And then every now and again, we'll get one of these. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not yeah. great. Yep. All right, let's move on. So today, this segment is uh, app a day. We're going to look at Airtable's marketplace, see what's going on there, and look at one of the apps um, that's relatively new. And let's see, it was added, yeah, the day before Christmas, 24th. So it's a Christmas miracle. That's right. They actually pushed updates. Um, that would have been a Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody at Airtable working on the holidays. Very good. So send SMS easily. So I, I saw this in the marketplace and, and I was just wanted to, to see what it looked like. So I installed it. Um, and, uh, it, it actually, it 
easily sends SMS. So it's kind of cool. You can actually, um, you know, to test it, they allow you to send 10 text messages um, before you have to purchase anything. And they don't make you um, pick a, a, a phone number that sends. It really just happens. There's no API key involved. You literally just have to pick your phone number field. Now, this was kind of frustrating because um, it actually has to be a phone field. It can't mm -hmm. be a single line text or a formula text or a field. Um, it literally has to be a phone, uh, a phone number like this. So that's the only one that works. Like I had this in a, in a formula. You can't pick a formula field. So that's kind of frustrating because you can have phone numbers and other types of fields. Well, I'm wondering how it plays now with uh, synced tables, because sometimes synced fields don't come in as their original field type and they'll default to a long text field. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's... Yeah, I did not try that on a sync field. <clears throat> um, so yeah, you pick your phone number, you pick uh, where the text is so that the text message actually has to be um, in a field. So I just have a quick send and then, um, <clears throat> and then uh, you can specify a status field or something, a quick status of where it'll output the, um, the response. And how this works is this is going to send to everything um, that's in here. So you don't pick like a single record of one person to send to. It's gonna send a text to everybody that's in the view that you're on. So if you only want to send to like one person, you have to create a new view and filter to that person or the people that you wanna send a text to. And then you'll see this change from send two SMS to just send one. So it's basically whatever is visible in the view that you're on. And um, yeah, and then you just hit send and it will instantly send. So I sent to this one that I have a Google um, voice to and, and I need to refresh. Mm, interesting. Is oh, it that one? Yeah. There it is. Yep. Hi, how is this working? <clears throat> okay, so and it actually looks like it sends different. Okay, yeah. So this is the test one um, that uh, is coming from their test account that I didn't create. So that's it. It very is easy. Send SMS easily. So if you have a very basic use case, um, and you want to test it out, you can send 10 text messages before you have to purchase and you don't have to log in or anything to their website to, to be able to test it out. So just pick the field. So nice little app. Um, but I wanted to take things up a notch. But before I do that, just a quick shout out to join our community at Built on Air. Um, amazing people in our Slack community talking about Airtable and other things, we'd love to have you join. So join us at builtonair.com slash join. We have some exciting um, things coming up this year. So we'd love to have you join with thousands of other Airtable users and fans. Our goal is to get to 2000 uh, members of the community this year. So we'd love to have you join at builtonair.com slash join. So I wanted to take things up a notch. I have a use case where I participate in kind of a nonprofit church group. And um, it, very often I send, I need to send out text messages to a larger audience. And I, it's annoying when you get a text message from a group and somebody replies all, you know, kind of an email, the, the reply all feature. Well, in text messaging, if you send out to a group, um, there really isn't an option to just reply once. I know on my phone, I, I have Android and I can make it to where any replies just go back to one, uh, just come back to me, but that's an all or nothing setting. So that's across the board. So in the past, I would send out a text message. I would change that setting uh, in my phone and then send out a group text. So then they would reply individually, but then I'd go back and change my settings 
because I do have other group messages that I want to be, you know, a, a typical group. And so that's kind of annoying that you have to go into your settings and change it across the board and then come back. And so I was thinking of a use case. I actually looked for a software solution that, that would do this. And there definitely are some out there, but most of them require a monthly subscription. And I was like, I don't want, I don't do it enough. It's not for business use case. And so I was like, you know, I'd be willing to pay kind of on a per whenever I needed to, to do this um, type approach. And so when I found that, um, when I found that send SMS text, um, send SMS easily, I realized that there's a company behind it called TextBelt. So that app in the marketplace is actually from this company called TextBelt that's actually been around for 10 plus years um, doing just very basic text messaging. Very similar to Twilio. If you've used Twilio, I've used Twilio quite a bit. This one actually is, is simpler to use than Twilio. And so literally in about 20 minutes, I implemented um, this use case of being able to send out a group message that sends to each user individually and then accepts the response, any responses that they reply to that text message gets added right back into Airtable. So just by sending this, I did have to purchase an API key for $3. You can get 50 text messages. Um, so I, you know, and it's a one-time fee, it's not a monthly. And so you just fill up whenever you, um, run out of, uh, your quota. <clears throat> and so that makes it nice. You just buy it by as you need. There's discounts if you buy more. Um, but so what I did was, you know, I have my contact list, um, with, with users and they've got their phone number, um, we're going to have to troubleshoot. We've got time. So Camille, I'm going to need your help. Okay. So they use, it actually works to send. Um, actually, we'll come back to this. This is, this is, this was frustrating me. So basically I have my users, they have their phone numbers, and then I want to create a text message that I send out just something simple. Hey, everyone, please respond, respond to SAP, whatever your text message is going to be. Then you pick the users that you want to send it to. Um, and I could probably improve this to make it send to all or something, but you can just quickly add everybody that you need to send that to from your contact list. That pulls in their phone numbers. And then what I have is a button that runs a script. So if I look at this script um, down here, this send text uh, script, um, what it does is it basically um, it basically gets the record. So so this is kind of a shortcut. Um, you could run this and it'll ask you what record that you want to pick. But you can also set a button that basically auto fills this input dot record uh, async, and then it'll automatically run when you click the button. So it, it actually works either way. So it's a kind of nice way to. Um, to quickly run scripts off of a single record and pass that record into your script. And then all I'm doing is I'm, I'm getting the message from that record, what the message is, and then I'm getting all of the phones. Um, so this returns an array um, of the phones that come from my contact list. And then I'm simply looping through each of the phones and calling this um, send. And this send does a remote fetch async um, to that text belt, to their API. And um, it passes a the message to the phone number. So it does send one message per phone. So I'm kind of faking the group message. You're really just looping through each user and sending one message to their phone. So that's how you avoid the, the reply all because you're really just sending one text at a time. Um, which I've had to done manually and you're copying and pasting to uh -huh. each person. So this definitely is, is easier. But the trick here is you're, you're replying, you're giving it a webhook URL. And that basically is just telling um, this text service that if they respond to that email or that text, then 
notify me at this URL that they responded. And so Airtable, which I'll show next, has automations that can be triggered off of a webhook URL. So you use Airtable as essentially your receiving server for any replies that come. Um, the other thing you have to do is you have to specify this kind of code that you create when you, when you buy your uh, API key. Um, and it, you have to always include this. This is kind of how they know that it's a valid message. It's kind of a, a way to validate. And so you're not also not spamming. You're supposed to specify, you know, what entity the, the message is coming from. So I set it up where it has to have built on air somewhere in the message. So I add that to any message that's going out so that their service knows it's, it's coming from the right one based off of the API key. And that's it. So you're basically just sending it and then you're you're passing along this, this response URL of where you're gonna get responses from. So if I were to run this, um, I'm gonna, this is gonna send to two people, one to that Google voice, and then the second one goes to my, my actual uh, cell phone. So I will get a text message I just received on my phone. And if I check my here, this, I got a new one. I, these are my tests from before. Hey, everyone, please respond now. And I'm going to say, Dan, hello. So I'm going to respond here. Uh, but before I do that and hit submit, let's look at our automation. So on the receiving side, we set up an automation. And um, we set it up to say when a webhook is received. And so Airtable actually gives you the webhook URL. So you simply hit copy here. And I already did this beforehand, but you would copy this URL. And that's what um, I had in my script to send each time I send a message. So I'm saying whenever somebody responds, they're going to hit this automation. And I did a test here and it'll tell you once you once you do a test, you, you hit this button and then it will receive that. And then this is what the response from that tech service looks like. It has a unique ID for that response. Um, it tells you who the number came from, the reply, and what their reply was. And then all I'm doing for now is I'm just creating a record in my, um, right here for any responses. And so ideally I would tie those. One thing I didn't like is there was no unique identifier of, um, of where it came from, of which message it came from. Um, I think in the future, I might be able to pass as part of the webhook, like a URL parameter that I could maybe pull in so I knew what message they were responding to. So that is, is a to be continued feature. Um, but basically, let's, let's run it. So if I send a strong, I should get in a second here, the automation will run. And there it is. Um, got our response back. And I know it came from this number, which is my Google Voice number. And so my automation ran and performed the update to create the record. Now, what I was trying to do and where we could troubleshoot for some bonus time, we've got some time. Um, so the response that we get from the text service gives us a phone number in this format. So it's more kind of a standard. It also adds the country code. And by the way, this, this text service only works in the US. So if you're international, this, this won't work. Um, but it, but it gives it in this format. Well, in our contacts, um, because I was using the app, um, I needed it to be a phone number. And so it formats it like this. And so I wanted to convert from this format into this format. And you know what's amazing is that it, this formula actually worked on this phone number, but not on this one, which is very strange. Huh. So what is going on if we can troubleshoot this. So what I was basically doing was a regex replace and I was taking out a space, a dash and the um, parentheses 
um, to basically remove everything. And then I also add this plus one in front of it. And so at first I did it without this right. And what was weird is, so if I do this, this is what I would expect it to be. That mm -hmm. looks like it's right, right? But somehow the automations that run, so if I take this and I go to my responses, the value that I'm getting does not match this number, even though everything looks like it is. So somehow there's like this weird uh, character, an unseen mm -hmm. byte that's being uh, inserted when I convert from here to there, because if I take out um, that, then it finds it. So it doesn't like the plus one. And it's really, it, it actually doesn't like the the plus whatever is in between the one and the three that somehow I'm not stripping out. Somehow there's some funky character at the beginning of this that can, get removed when I do this regex. Can you do a trim? If you wrap regex, replace, and trim, does that do it? On the phone or after the regex? Outside of the regex, but before plus one. Yeah, I did that and it didn't make a difference, but. Cool. <laughs> Great. I'll try it um, inside the phone. Maybe, maybe there. I didn't try that. Try that. Um, I need to get the exact. No, okay. Could you. Now, we all love regex. Could we not use regex and instead yes, do value it. phone? Would that mess it up? Mm. That so value converts it to a number, right? And and it's sometimes reliable. Ooh. Hey, look at that. So now well I don't know if we've technically solved the issue by using a different function. Regex should work. Um, I don't know, is it, you are removing a space, right? A regular space. Yeah. There is, the one in between there. there is a regex, uh, I don't actually white know what they're space. called. Yeah, white there's, space. A, there's a white space thing that's not necessarily the space you get when you press the space bar. Right. And then there's tabs and there's non-digit characters is another one. So if you just replace all non-digit characters mm. with nothing, maybe that would work because it should also do all variations of white space, right? Because it's not a digit. Um, I don't remember what those wild cards are. I like value that works. No regex. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So what I could do now is now that I have the, the contacts in this on my, on my automation, I could do a lookup um, and add a find records, um, move this up and um, select my contacts and then find it based off of a condition where standard phone is dynamic and then equal to the from number. Let's try that. See if that works. Okay. That Yay. worked. This was not working before, um, which is crazy. So now, and then now I could, now that I have the contact, I could automatically link it to the response. So you could automatically link your responses to your contact table. Mm -hmm. So that would be the the next step that I would add. So you could build a full blown text messaging solution where you can send out to a big group and then manage replies individually, which I think I'm going to use in my use case, which is very helpful. Fun. That is a cool way to use and not too expensive. Just purchase this. Um, where's the person? There you go. So $5 for 200 text. So it gets definitely cheaper as you go. Mm -hmm. I probably should have done the $5 one. <clears throat> All right. 
And that concludes today's show. Do you have a, any final comments, Camille? I just think of, uh, I very rarely need to uh, implement something similar. And the last time I needed to send a text to someone, I cheesed it by um, emailing their phone number, which every uh, cell phone carrier is has a different format um, of exactly how you pass the phone number. It's some variation of the phone number at and then like tmobile-something.com right, right, or whatever. Right. And then that will come into your phone as a text, a very strange looking text, but it'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Uh, that's not ideal. So don't do that. You could, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that before. <clears throat> Great. Well, thank you all for coming and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast. Have a good week. for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.